Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we discuss one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL. And for those of you who don't know, I live in small town Nebraska, which means when I was practicing every now and then I would have a patient come in with a diagnosis that I hadn't treated before. And honestly, I just really wished that there was a specialty treatment clinic around us. But usually the case was I knew that the patient probably wouldn't travel to one of these specialty treatment clinics, and I was left with just basically doing my best with the tools that I had at my disposal. But in the back of my mind, I'm always wondering, is there something better out there? Is there something different that I should be doing? And this article that we're looking at today really speaks to that kind of situation. We're looking at a really specific diagnosis, which is ataxia. But I really do believe that there are some broad implications in this research and just some gems for us all to be thinking about. So let's dive right into this particular article. The article that we're looking at is called The EFNS Consensus on the Diagnosis and Management of Chronic Ataxias in Adulthood. The article comes to us from the European Journal of Neurology. It was published in 2014, and this article is ranked 35th on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related journal articles from the past five years. Now, the role of occupational therapy in this article is very small. I think it only makes its way into one or two actual sentences, but the mentioning of OT is really significant. The article puts forth guidelines from the European Federation of Neurological Societies, which is where we get that EFNS in the title and it puts forth their guidelines for the diagnosis and treatment of chronic ataxia. And the vast majority of the article focuses on genetic testing for the different subtypes of ataxia, but in the end, it recommends physiotherapy and also that the clinician consider occupational therapy as well. The article does so based on class two evidence for physiotherapy and class three evidence for occupational therapy. And while class two and class three levels of evidence are obviously not as high as we would like, the reality is that there is simply no cure for most of the chronic ataxias that are out there. So symptomatic treatment as provided by OT, PT, and SLP is just currently some of the best available treatments for these patients. Okay, so let's take a step back and just go over a quick refresher on ataxias. And I also wanna give you an update on our current understanding of the disease. As you might remember or be familiar with, ataxia is a degenerative disease of the nervous system that is categorized by a lack of coordination. Sometimes this can present in slurred speech. Um, Lots of times it's associated with that movement walking pattern that kind of mimics drunkenness. But there's lots of ways it can manifest and there's lots of things that can cause it. In general, ataxia can either be acquired or it can be hereditary. When it's acquired, it can sometimes be just an acute onset or present with a more chronic condition, and that can be caused by something like a stroke or alcoholism. But in this article, we're looking at the hereditary causes of ataxia. 
And when ataxia is hereditary, it is often chronic and degenerative. Uh, so it's something that is not coming just in episodes. It's something that these patients are always living with and that in general, it tends to slowly get worse. This type of ataxia is considered to be rare, but we are quickly learning that there are many, many, many possible causes of this hereditary uh, and degenerative type of ataxias. In fact, we have already identified over 100 genes that when mutated can cause ataxia. And one last thing to note is this article does look at ataxias of the cerebellar and spinal regions. And like I said, it also looks at chronic and progressive. So this is a very specific type of ataxia that the article is looking at. Like I said in the beginning, the vast majority of the article is about testing for ataxias, but understanding the cause of ataxia is really in a tricky place as we're seeing in this article, because even though our genetic testing capabilities are rapidly increasing and we do have these 100 genes that we've identified that when mutated can cause ataxia, there is still a detection rate of a known genetic cause that is below 50%. So less than half of the patients who present with this type of ataxia actually end up finding uh, what is causing this ataxia. And then on top of that, only a few known causes of ataxia can actually be managed with medication. So for example, there is a type of ataxia that is associated with a vitamin E deficiency. So this is an example of where medication can really help these patients if they're given high doses of vitamin E. The ataxia oftentimes can be reversed or even completely stopped. But unfortunately for most ataxias, whether or not they find the genetic cause of it, there is not a cure for these patients that we know of at this time, which leads us to treating the symptoms and of course leads us to occupational therapy. Rehabilitation therapies are one of the primary interventions that is recommended in this article. There are a couple medications on the market to help manage the symptoms, but from what I can tell, they're definitely not perfect. They're not curative. They're not helping these patients fully manage their uh, symptoms. So again, that leads us to OTPT and SLP. And this article didn't really get into at all what the actual treatment uh, courses would be in OTPT and SLP, but I will definitely link to some different resources on OT and ataxia in the online version of our journal club. And lastly, I want to mention that this is a 2014 article. So when I see an article that is five years old, I'm definitely questioning if new research has come out on this topic. So I did go ahead and get onto Up to Date, which also provides recommendations along certain diagnoses. And in there, I found similar information where OTPT and SLP were one of the primary recommended treatments, but the language that they used was even stronger. They say supportive therapies, including physical and occupational therapy, are indicated for all patients with cerebellar ataxia and can be of substantial physical and psychological help. So what were my takeaways from this article for OT practitioners? These are my own personal takeaways. They weren't mentioned in the journal article. They're really just meant to get our wheels turning on this topic. So my first takeaway is that 
We as OTs, along with our fellow rehab therapists, are really the frontline practitioners for managing most of these chronic ataxias. Because ataxia is a rare condition, it may feel intimidating to treat a patient with ataxia. But this article really drove home for me that for the vast majority of these patients, there simply is not a silver bullet out there for their treatment, which is why they're coming to us in rehab for their symptom management. And so truly your critical reasoning is simply the best available treatment out there. Uh, So when these patients do come onto our caseload, we need to be confident that leaning into our go-to skill set of really listening to our patients and helping them problem solve with their particular needs is what they need the most. My second takeaway from this article is that increasing phenotyping abilities are definitely a trend that we're seeing in our journal club and understanding different subgroups of diseases I think is going to be becoming more and more important in our rehab. As a reminder, phenotype is how a genotype interacts with the environment and presents as observable traits. And this is an important concept for us to remember in rehab because phenotypes essentially group people with the same disease into different subgroups. So remember how there's 100 different gene mutations that could lead to ataxia? These could all be considered different genotypes, which could lead to different phenotypes or just subgroups of the disease. And hypothetically, they may merit different kinds of treatment. And the ability to do this kind of testing is really just developing at an incredibly rapid rate. If you read this article, you will just see how complex it is. And they discuss in the article how they just anticipate that the ability to identify the genetic components um, of this disease will just keep improving over the next five to ten years. And all of this is important because it just plays into this holy grail that's out there of precision medicine, where we're really dialing in the treatments that we are giving to specific individuals. And we haven't discussed this explicitly in the journal club, but as I'm reading articles, this is a popular theme in the background that we are getting better capabilities at subgrouping patients of the same disease and that hypothetically, hopefully, that will eventually lead to more precise treatments. And in the club, this is something that we will continue to monitor and discuss um, this rapidly developing research And hopefully one day we'll actually be able to connect how this will be able to help us in our treatments. So that is all that I have for you today on this journal article. As a reminder, the OT Potential podcast is an extension of the OT Potential Club. That is our online journal club where we have weekly discussions on these journal articles. I love seeing each week the stuff that you guys bring to the table. Um, Definitely this week, if you have worked with a patient with ataxia and have something to share, I hope that you will chime into the club. And if you ever get done with one of these podcasts and you have questions or disagree with something that I said, I hope you will chime into the club. The forum's really meant to be a place to bounce ideas off each other and hopefully just help us all hone our clinical reasoning. You can sign in or sign up for the club at otpotential.com. And as always, I hope this podcast helps you give great care this week.